Well, what's going on, my fellow conservatives? It is Brandon Lewis here once again, uh, coming to you from my handy-dandy phone. Uh, we're trying to do this uh, simply because, for whatever reason, the audio with Facebook Live through my uh, desktop is having issues. We're setting up a brand new studio here, so one day we're gonna we're we're, we're continuing to uh, fake it till we make it here at the Tennessee Conservative News. But it's more about the content uh, than it is the delivery mechanism. And conservatives can't get this information anywhere else in the volunteer state. Uh, welcome. Do leave in the comments section where you're watching from. Also, tell me what you think about these stories. I would appreciate it greatly. Uh, you know, some interesting things are going on. And I'm going to bring this microphone over here as if I'm actually using it, but I'm not because I, I think it, maybe it makes it look better. Here we go. That looks really important. That is a fake microphone. Uh, don't 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 mind this. Um, we're covering stories that nobody else is covering. For example, uh, all this social media censorship legislation stuff, which may be the reason that the audio never works on social media, and it may be the reason that last. Uh, week's Big Ten broadcast uh, mysteriously disappeared. So, Jason, I hope you're getting this. Uh, so we're, we're doing this a little different this time, but nobody's covering that. We're covering all kinds of bills. Thank you for the hearts and the thumbs. I appreciate that. Uh, we're covering all kinds of stories that I've not heard a peep, a peep out of Tennessee's mainstream media about. I mean nothing. You would think that this was like the most boring uh, stuff you'd put in a fish wrapper, but it's not. It's exciting news, and it affects and it impacts you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you've got a, a good um, good weekend plan. I know I do. I'll talk to you a little bit about that at the end of this broadcast. So let's get into the stories. Let's get into the stories. Uh, you know, you always hear Republicans and people at the Department of Education say it's all about the kids, right? It's all. It's so much about the kids. We can't teach them to read. We can't teach them to write, and we will not give them any choices in education. Nor will we give choices to parents, even if they're stuck in really terrible situations. And this is another example of it. So here we go. Remember these names as you go to vote in the Republican primaries, and as you as you begin to field candidates, because some of this stuff uh, really rubs me the wrong way, and I hope you feel the same way as well. You should. First big story: expansion of school choice program bill fails in House K-12 subcommittee. A bill that would further the opportunity for Tennessee parents to exercise choice in the way their children are educated uh, by allowing them to use state funds, their own taxpayer dollars, their own taxpayer dollars. This is not the government's dollars. This is not the state rep's dollars. These are not uh, the Department of Education dollars. They're your dollars. They're my dollars. We pay them in uh, to the tax uh, system that, that is used largely for education in our state. Uh, to pay for their preferred schooling option failed. Because why would you give parents any options in public education? Uh, on Tuesday, the American Federation for Children uh, of Tennessee stated this bill would have given parents in the Tennessee's lowest performing schools an education uh, savings account, which would provide parents greater opportunities to use their state education dollars to find the best learning environment for their children. These are basically, and it wasn't like, Anybody could do it either. It wasn't like for the whole state. It was like if you're stuck in a school that's in the bottom 10% that is just friggin' failing, failing, you could take some of your tax dollars and try to get your kid educated somewhere else. No, 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 none for this. Voting in favor of the bill were Representatives Michelle Carringer, Scott Sapicki, Mark White, and House Speaker Cameron Sexton. But the Republicans who voted against it, who decided that kids don't really need any choice and that if your kid can't read or write, if they can't do math, that's no big deal. 
and those are representatives, and these are Republicans, uh, Kirk Haston, Chris Hurt, and John Reagan. You know, they keep saying it's all about the kids. If a kid spends 13 years in Tennessee education and they can't read or write, and if they pick up a bunch of bad habits, and if they're indoctrinated, shouldn't Republicans at least allow parents in the lowest-performing school an opportunity to, to get out of that situation? Not according to these people. And it just amazes me that the government consistently and constantly lobbies against the interests of the taxpayers and that Republicans allow it. It, it baffles me. There have been two comments here recently that I got forwarded. Uh, I may mess this up. One of them is Kerry Roberts, uh, and the other one is uh, Representative Sexton, if, and not Cameron Sexton, uh, if, I, if I'm correct here. I may have messed up. I saw two this morning where both of them in committee meetings uh, chastised these state agencies for lobbying against the interest of taxpayers and thinking that they are legislators. Well, they've got more power, apparently, than legislators because they, they turned Kirk Haston... Chris Hurt and John Reagan's uh, turn against parents and kids having options. This is terrible when you watch these Republicans who talk about school choice on the campaign trail, who talk about education, murder good conservative legislation. And we are the only news outlet that will tell you this. And most, most news outlets aren't even covering this stuff. Next story. Republicans killed two more medical freedom bills in the same subcommittee. This is, this is another one of those gems. And I hope people remember this in primary season. If we can't get them this time, I think we need to go after them the next time. Republicans on the House Business and Utilities Subcommittee killed two bills on Wednesday regarding medical freedom in Tennessee. House Bill 27, uh, 2073, sponsored by Representative Mark uh, Cochran, would have prevented entertainment venues that received 5% or more in public funding from requiring proof of COVID vaccination to enter. Basically, this bill says, if you're going to an establishment that takes your taxpayer dollars, your taxpayer dollars, 5%, just 5%, not like, you know, and there are a lot of them that receive a lot more than that. I have natural immunity, but here, here the people are uh, Kent Calfee, Patsy Hazelwood, who's about to be my state rep when I move up on Signal Mountain. I'm going to make sure everybody knows about this vote. She's also voted against um, making it transparent for people to see the votes uh, in the school board, if you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. She voted against that, too. She thought that transparency in the school boards was bad, and now she thinks that in order for you to listen to some music in a public venue, you should have to undergo a medical treatment. That's quite interesting for a Republican, to me. So we got Kent Calfee, Patsy Hazelwood, Curtis Johnson, and Eddie Manis. And Eddie Manis, you know, they're up in arms about him because he, he wasn't even a Republican. He wasn't bona fide. And apparently, the people that were up in arms about Eddie Manis being uh, allowed to run as a Republican probably had their finger on the nose there. This is terrible. Why, why should somebody have to undergo a medical treatment to go listen to a concert? When they don't stop transmission, we know that. If they don't stop transmission, then why are we continuing to do any of this stuff? And that's not going to keep somebody out of the hospital. And then that's none of your, to me, that's not your prerogative anyway. Drives me nuts. Kent Calfee, Patsy Hazelwood, Curtis Johnson, and Eddie Manis think that you should have to undergo a medical treatment to go listen to a concert at a publicly funded venue. Just fantastic. Next story. 
uh, related to this. House Bill 2311, sponsored by Representative Bruce Griffey, would have made the imposition of a COVID vaccine mandate or the requirement of a COVID vaccine passport a criminal offense in Tennessee. Griffey's bill failed to move forward because it didn't even get a second, repeating what happened with the Patients' Bill of Rights in this health subcommittee on March 1st. If you would like to contact the Republican members of this committee and ask why they did not offer support for these bills, you can find their contact information. I think Jason just posted that. And uh, John said the Tennessee General Assembly has a swamp too. Rhinos. Yes, we've got some good ones up there, but buddy, we got some rough ones that are in hawk. Uh, Ramona says TEA is too strong. Uh, when you're lockstep to NEA, it's not shocking. Again, the reps are in the pocket of special interest. They are deeply in the pocket of special interest up there. Um, people get lazy when they get all their money from special interest and they don't raise it back home. That's just what happens. They get lazy and they're getting lazy. Stewart says control, control, control. Rhinos uh, regurgitating uh, after the communist, I mean Democrat Party. A lot of these people are just these class president types, and they run for office because they just run for office. If they if their district was drawn as a communist, they'd run as communist. If their district was drawn as a Green Party, they'd run Green Party. If it was you know if it was a Whig Party, Bull Moose Party, like they're just going to run, right? And we got a lot of them up there, and they'll say whatever it takes to get elected. And they'll go grip and grin, and they'll show up, you know, when a yogurt shop opens up and there's a ribbon cutting. But when it comes time to represent you and then do what conservative primary voters want, ain't going to do it. Next story. Tennessee bill to relocate illegal aliens to the home states of Biden, Harris, Pelosi, and Schumer fails. Representative Bruce Griffey's bill in the General Assembly to require the Commission of Safety in collaboration with the Commissioner of Human Services to implement a system for the relocation of illegal aliens who arrive in Tennessee and other locations failed in the House Department and Agency Subcommittee on Tuesday. And speaking of this bill, Griffey stated that the Tennessee uh, does have the right to implement and enforce such legislation, citing a 2022 opinion issued by Arizona Attorney General uh, Mark Barvinich, I don't know, regarding provisions in the U.S. Constitution granting sovereign states the right to protect themselves during these times of invasion. Griffey said the state retains the power to take these actions if there is an active invasion going on, and I think we've seen this from the actions of the current administration in D.C., and there's an ongoing invasion at our southern border and that Tennessee has an obligation and a right to act. Debbie says, uh, none of them replied to my email. And this must be about the previous article. Uh, Lily says a lot of money supporting West Tennessee Democrats. And there's a lot of that going on. Griffey continued, uh, this is going uh, to be a Constitution battle. If it's going to be a court battle, and I think that's what should happen. The state of Tennessee is a sovereign state, and we retain constitutional sovereign power separate and apart from the federal government. And so the vote was taken, uh, and uh, no A's were heard or recorded from any Republican or Democrats on the committee. Only nays were heard and recorded, and so the bill failed. Uh, and here's the thing that's interesting about this. It, it, this goes back to that whole state-funded uh, lobbyist situation. Like, your taxpayer dollars go into these state agencies, and then they hire lobbyists to advocate against your interest. And they, they allow this monkey business. Uh, Republicans do. For what reason, I do not know. And uh, those bills were killed because all of these all of these government employees don't want to work. They don't want to work on things that the citizens want. They just want whatever it is they've always been doing, the way they've always been doing it, and they fight against anything different. Unless it's giving them more money, more power, more control. Nothing that would actually like make your life better. They don't go up there typically uh advocating to make your life better. They typically go up there looking for more control, more money, it's not about your interest, it's about their interest. 
And we've got to stop this taxpayer-funded lobby and stuff. And that's one reason uh, that this, this bill uh, got killed before it was even born is because, oh, we can't do that. We don't have the power for that. We couldn't blah, blah, blah. It's just a big mess up there. Next story. Smith pleads guilty to wire fraud charges connected to shadowy campaign uh, vendor following a federal indictment on federal wire fraud charges and her subsequent resignation from office. Representative Robin Smith pleaded guilty Tuesday to honest services wire fraud in connection with the illicit campaign vendor set up uh, with knowledge of a former House Speaker Glenn Cassida and ran by his ex-chief of staff, Kate Cothran. Smith, a Hickson Republican, that's right here in my county, and a former chairman of the state party entered the plea before a U.S. District Court judge after being charged with taking kickbacks from Phoenix Solutions. The judge accepted the plea and set a sentencing hearing for October 17th. Smith will remain free on bond conditions until the hearing. The judge explained during uh, the plea hearing she could be sentenced to a maximum of 20 years in prison and a maximum of $250,000. Whether she will serve prison time is unclear, uh, but she is likely to have to make restitution for all payments she received and be required to forfeit any and all of the ill-made gains. The big problem here is simple. Uh, you should not try to make your money by peddling influence if you're going to go serve in elected office. It's the easiest way to avoid all this monkey business. Don't try to peddle your influence. Make your money back home in your regular job. Go to Nashville to serve. But a lot of these people that serve on these various committees and get tied in with politics up there, they want to make their money consulting for a certain industry. Maybe it's the medical industry. Maybe it's the, the transportation industry. They want to go consult for these people and try to use their influence and their relationships up there to make a bunch of money. And sometimes it leads you into areas that are gray and then the gray gets a little grayer, and then it gets a little darker, and then it sometimes you end up in a black area, and sometimes it's it's a gray area that's a federal technicality, and you can get in a lot of trouble for a federal technicality. I don't know what all happened here, um, and I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt with stuff like this, but the, the main thing is this. Make your money doing your job. Go serve in Nashville, but don't peddle your influence to make a living. And that is the big deal, and that goes again, and keep bringing this up, back to that taxpayer-funded lobbyist stuff. Don't make your money with your influence. Make your money serving the public. Make your money, uh, you know, if, you're, if you're a government employee, make your money serving the public, but don't try to be up there peddling influence uh, if you're an elected official. And a lot of people that serve on these committees also work in that industry. So somebody serves on XYZ committee, they work in XYZ industry. They get paid this big, huge salary that's probably above and beyond what anybody else would get paid that wasn't an elected official sitting on that committee, and they're really just an advocate for that industry sitting on that committee, and often they advocate for things that are not in the interest of the public, which is what we've seen with this medical committee and subcommittee for months on end, for two years, as they stripped away uh, Tennesseans' freedoms for no good reason. We, we learned the lockdowns didn't do anything. The masking has not worked. Uh, the, the shot has not prevented the spread, as we were promised, and yet this theater continues, still continues. Stewart says, as we saw from the Demokami party last night at 2.30, uh, Lily says, well said. And you can see the links to these articles that Jason is posting right now. Next story. 
Bill to block congressional newcomers passes House committee raises constitutional concerns. Yesterday, I interviewed Morgan Ortegas about this. I was the first one to ask her specifically about this legislation. And my advice is if you're going to run, you should fight it. If you're going to run, I mean, you should run. You should be fighting this tooth and nail. Why she has been silent on this, I do not know. Um, here's the story. An amended Tennessee bill that originally would have stymied the campaigns of District 5 uh, Republican candidates, Robbie Starbuck and Morgan Ortegas, has passed out of the House Local Government uh, Committee and now heads to the House for a vote. If I'm not mistaken, and I could be, I think this is the same Local Government Committee where they couldn't muster the votes to stop taxpayer-funded lobbying. They couldn't muster the votes for that. Couldn't muster the votes, and I think they even took it off notice, couldn't muster the votes to keep your taxpayer dollars to be used from lobbying against you. But, buddy, they can get this bill out quicker than hotcakes. In this committee, on March 8th, the House sponsor of the bill, Representative Dave Wright, submitted that the House version of the bill be amended to conform to the Senate version of the bill, which was overwhelmingly passed last week. The new version of the bill states, in order to qualify as a candidate in a primary election for the U.S. Senate or a U.S. House of Representatives, a person shall meet the residency requirements for state senators and state uh, representatives contained in the Tennessee Constitution. Last week, it was reported that Wright was planning to amend the measure by postponing the effective date till after the November election, making anyone who qualifies before the April deadline for the primary election uh, eligible for a fall vote. However, no such amendment was submitted, uh, the House bill only being amended to match the Senate bill. Therefore, if the bill passes the House uh, vote and gets Governor Lee's signature, District 5 uh, candidate Morgan Ortegas will be ineligible to run for the primary. Robbie Starbuck would still qualify since he uh, passed the three-year residency requirement before the vote was taken to move forward. Representative Tim Rudd, who I do like and who I think uh, often brings up things that are reality uh, and, and often is not heard to me to the degree he probably should be, said, I've always had an issue with the Senate version, which is blatantly illegal and has been overturned by the Supreme Court before. We can't tell political parties how to conduct their primaries or interfere with their nominating process. If we adapt to the Senate, it's going to be unconstitutional. It's going to be against current Supreme Court decisions. Uh, I can't support that now for that reason. The committee voted on passage of the bill, and the ayes had it with no nays. Uh, heard or recorded, so the bill now goes on to the House floor for a vote. The thing I don't like about this is it just looks like home cooking. It just looks bad, I think. Um, Tennessee voters are smart enough to know somebody hasn't been here forever. Like That's no big secret. That's going to be brought up in the campaign ads. That's going to be brought up on the campaign trail. We'll figure that out. It just looks like a bunch of people trying to do favors for Beth Harwell. That's what it looks like. And I can understand the sentiment of it, but I think it probably should have been done for the next election. Changing these rules in the middle of the game is, I don't think, is just as a, it's just a bad look. That's all I can say about that. I'm not overly passionate about it one way or the other, but it seems like a bad look. Next story. Nonprofit files lawsuit against Knox County Board of Education for implementing mask mandate on children. Unmasked uh, Knox County Kids, a nonprofit representing Knox County students, parents, and teachers, has filed a suit against the Knox County Board of Education to stop current uh, court ordered mask mandate on school children in the district. Uh, Angie Goethert, Goethert, mm, Goethert, that's what I'm going to call her, of Unmasked Knox County Kids said for the parents of four children to feel like they have the authority. To force nearly 60,000 students in all K-12 schools across the Knoxville to wear masks is an outrageous demand. The students, parents, teachers, and educational professionals who are uh, representing 
uh, feel that the mask mandate has been detrimental uh, to the educational outcomes, physical health, and mental health for students. The lawsuit comes after a federal judge, Ronnie Gear, who is a PIS, sorry, is a POS. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Ordered the school district to enforce mask wearing after the parents of four children successfully sued the district, saying that their children needed a mask mandate to safely attend school. Unmasked Knotts County Kids has requested the presiding judge on the case return the educational decisions back to the elected branches. Could you imagine the issues you have to have with your heart as a human to make 60,000 kids and adults cover their face with a piece of cloth that is ineffective because you have some kind of political axe to grind. Boy. And to go around day after day knowing that they're going through that when it's unnecessary. That is amazing. That is amazing. There is an evil over the land. And it, it's covered people's eyes. And folks that know Judge Ronnie Greer, see him in a grocery store, run around. I, I think, I think he needs to wear a mask everywhere he goes, even inside his own house, until these kids get to take their masks off. It's it's just amazingly awful. State pre-K detrimental to kids, says Vanderbilt University. Researchers at Vanderbilt University's Peabody College collected data on almost 3,000 low-income children in Tennessee for more than a decade, only to find that attending the state's voluntary pre-K program resulted in negative effects by third grade that continued to get worse over the following three years. Before I read the rest of this, one thing the government loves to do is to get people addicted to government services. They want to indoctrinate your children. They want you to hand your children over to the government as early as you conceivably can, and they want to mold those children in the way that they think, in the way that they conform so that we're easily controlled, and so that they can apparently not teach them to read and write after 13 years, at least in Tennessee government education. It's terrible. Um, and people advocate for this. You even hear Republicans advocating for this, and that, that blows my mind. Lead author Dale Farron and her co-authors followed both groups through sixth grade. They predicted higher test scores on the school readiness from the kids who attended the state's pre-K after the first year, which was indeed the case, but then something unexpected happened. After third grade, those children, who were doing worse than the children in the control group, tested poorly on one of the three state achievement tests. By sixth grade, all three tests, math, science, and reading, were negatively affected. But the bad news didn't end with poor educational performance. Behavior was also affected by the third grade. The pre-K kids were getting in trouble for minor issues, but by sixth grade, uh, Farron and her fellow researchers were seeing both minor and major violations. What's more, the children who attended no pre-K program of any kind started outperforming uh, the pre-K children by second grade. Educational pre-K programs tend to focus on drilling kids on basic skills such as worksheets for tracing letters and numbers, but according to Farron, higher-income families do not choose this kind of program for their three- and four-year-olds, opting instead for play-based schools that include art, movement, uh, music, and nature. In other words, good old-fashioned play. These kids don't need to be drilled in pre-K. And, you know, the other thing is probably, and I've, I've seen a lot of educators uh, put that on there, that kids get burnt out and they get to where they hate education. If you, I mean, on the one hand, we can't have uh, 
poor educational performance, meaning we shouldn't say, oh, we don't need to test the kids. There's no value in testing. There's nothing to be learned. Well, you can tell if a kid can read, write, or do math with a test. You certainly can. You certainly can. Um, but on the other hand, when, when you just pound them with robotic exercises, nobody wants to go to school for that. And so the kids probably get resentful of being in school. And, and a lot of people that, that, that think that this is a good idea, uh, giving their kids over to the government even earlier, uh, apparently it's not working out. And we don't need to be putting a bunch of money into this. Uh, we really don't, but I think we're working that way. So, what's on tap for the weekend? Uh, if you've been enjoying uh, that missive that I've been writing called Brandon's Brain, uh, do drop a note in the comments section. Uh, that takes a little time every Friday to write. I'm going to do that this Friday. Uh, but I do enjoy writing it. Um, I, I, I don't get to write as much as I, as I would like to because i got another company that I run. And again, I'm terrible at this. Go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com, hit that support button, and I forgot to even mention this. Terrible. We've got this brand new Don't California My Tennessee Tumblr. And if you give $50 or more or a $10 plus recurring monthly donation, we'll send that along with our Don't California My Tennessee bumper sticker, a proud Tennessee conservative bumper sticker. Ooh, that's a beauty. And this. What? This legislative directory. And it can be yours. And you'll probably need to, that'll be, uh, that thing will be worn out by the time the session is over. And I forgot to mention that this cures, if you put water, it cures the scurvy. Uh, most toe fungus, uh, it does make you smarter. It raises your IQ point by at least seven, uh, and it does ward off most demons and evil spirits, not all. Um, and it can be used um, also as a lamp shade in a pinch if you have a very small bulb, and if you turn it upside down, uh, if you don't really like overhead light but below light, you can also you know screw it in as a canister light. It has all kind of practical applications. Uh, you can fill it full of gunpowder, uh, make it into a uh, impromptu. Uh, defensive device. It really has all kinds of magical properties. So do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support and help us. So what's on the tap this uh, for this weekend? It is Friday. I'm going to go home. It's going to be cold this weekend. I'm going to burn a fire because uh, it's going to get down cold. I like to just sit around the house and, and burn a fire. I, I think this is like the first weekend that we do not have something like anchored on our calendar. I think the wife and I are going to try to go uh, for a date tonight. I'm going to try to get out for St. Patrick's Day. I used to go out for St. Patrick's Day back when I was a young man. I do love celebrating that Irish holiday. So uh, i got a friend of mine named uh, Tim Lewis, who's of no relation whatsoever, that plays a mean acoustic guitar, and I think he's going to be somewhere over there uh, on the Station Street area. If you're from Chattanooga, Tennessee, that is right beside the Chattanooga Choo Choo, uh, the Terminal Brewery, Stir, I think the Comedy Catch is over there, a few other places. Uh, they've got a 90s cover band. Um, called Neon Moon that's going to be playing. But they're not getting started till like 8.30 or 9 o'clock. And I know that sounds crazy. I think I just go to bed too early now. I'm like, I just want, I'd rather have this, I'd rather have the fun in the morning or around lunchtime, take a nap about 3 o'clock and still be in bed by 10.30. I don't know what happened to me. Uh, but I don't want staying out late anymore. Uh, last weekend we did take the kids to the pool, or I did, took both of my, my kids to the pool. That was lots of fun. Uh, they have a heated pool. So we could actually get in the water, uh, even though it was a little chilly outside. Um, and our youngest, who previously had uh, absolutely hated getting into the water, uh, just 
finally, with her sister's urging in mind, just took off with her puddle jumper, and I, I think she has overcome her fear of at least being in the pool, and that is good. So, uh, Stuart says, oh yeah, nice, where, uh, when is this? And talking about this, this is St. Patrick's Day, uh, Stuart. Uh, this when I've been looking at the the various accommodations. I think that's I've looked online. I've not booked my tickets or anything. I'm gonna try to get a babysitter and get out. Although a lot of these kids may be trying to to get out, so it might be a hard night to get a babysitter. So that's really all I got, guys. Went out and looked at the house uh, today, and it is slowly progressing. Lord, what an expensive time to build a house. Doors to the cabinets. We ordered these things like six, seven, eight months ago. Apparently, they forgot to order them. The people were getting their cabinets through, and so now it's like three weeks. I may end up having to pay like an entire extra month of a mortgage because a couple of subcontractors didn't order something on time. So you've got to love being held hostage uh, and paying those interest-only payments in the middle of Joe Biden's inflationary economy where gas is $40 a gallon. Fantastic. Uh, I have, I did have a little communique with uh, Marsha Blackburn's um, state press person. Hopefully we can have her on here to talk about energy independence. Gosh, Republicans need to be jumping up and down about this up in Washington. That's all I got, guys. Hope that y'all have a fantastic, wonderful, uh, thrilling weekend. Um, do email us, uh, Brandon at TennesseeConservativeNews.com with any breaking news stories and uh, keep your eyes out for uh, Brandon's brain. What little of it that there is, uh, we'll be writing that later today, and that puppy will come out tomorrow morning. Uh, if you want this new, don't California my Tennessee Tumblr. Get them now. I think we only ordered 50, so these puppies will be gone, and we'll go back to the traditional Crown Tennessee conservative Tumblr later. All right, guys. Love you. Mean it. Take care. Have a good weekend. Until next time, I'm Brandon Lewis signing off. See you later.